Well, Merry Christmas. I am so glad to be here with you this morning to bring this message to you. Uh, yes, I have a little bit of nasal congestion, so you get us got to put up with a congested Kentucky twang today. So it's it's all clear. There's no fever. I'm not contagious. So you know it's all good. But I just get to sound a little extra Kentuckian today, I guess. So um, I was always scheduled to present this message in the Christmas series. Steve is doing well. Um, he was here in last night's service, as a matter of fact, so he's doing okay, but um, this isn't a last minute, oh my goodness, what are we doing here? Uh, I was always scheduled to bring this message as we conclude our Christmas series, What Was Jesus Thinking? You know, we started off in this message series asking the question, why ask? And we ask because we need to have the same mindset as Jesus. And if we're going to have that same mindset, then we need to know what that mindset was. And as we've heard from the reading this morning from Philippians chapter 2, we know that Jesus was thinking humbly and he was thinking obediently. And today we're going to examine the notion that Jesus was thinking eternally. Now, on Christmas Day 2015, Peggy surprised me with a gift that I never saw coming. We had a pact that year that we were not getting each other gifts, at least gifts all wrapped up in pretty packages and placed under the tree. It's a pact we make every year, and in fact, I have to confess to you, I violate that pact every year, and so does she. But usually we get something practical, like socks or something. This, this year she gave me a hammer. I, I don't know what she's trying to tell me, but, you know. So, but, you know, usually it's something like socks. And trust me, I have plenty of socks. But not this year. Nope, there was a beautiful package under the tree, and I knew it wasn't socks. I could tell by the look in Peggy's eyes that it wasn't just socks. And I have to confess to you, I was less than pleased with her for violating our pact. But that, at that moment, I had a choice to make. Would I graciously accept this beautifully wrapped present under the tree, or would I reject it? I mean, how could I reject this gift of love, right? I mean, as a loving response to this gift, how could I do anything less than graciously accept it and open it up right then? So I did. I began the process of opening up this gift. I unwrapped a box, opened it up, and inside was another box wrapped up. And so I took it out, unwrapped it, opened it up to find a, yet a third box wrapped up. Yes, it was a Russian nesting doll gift. So I just kept going until I got to that final box. And when I opened that up, you could have knocked me over with a feather. It brought tears to my eyes because I knew this was a very tangible expression of the depth of Peggy's love for me. I knew what this gift cost. I was not expecting it. I did not deserve it. 
and it literally knocked my socks off. There it was in this glorious package, and I was amazed once again by the giver of many good gifts to me. There was no doubt in my mind that this was the best gift ever that I could have had for this year. What was it, you may be asking? You'll have to hang on. I'll get back to it. I hope that we've all experienced at least once in our lives that I can't believe you got me this gift feeling. I hope that we have. Because we all have this longing deep inside to receive that gift that we never saw coming. We all need to know how very much we are loved. And when someone expresses that love in a tangible way, it is an amazing feeling. Now, some of us may be sitting here today thinking, well, that's all well and good, but nobody loves me that much. At least, not anymore. Some of us dread Christmas because it feels like everyone else has that love that we want but we don't have. Because some of us don't feel loved or remembered. And that's why we don't look forward to Christmas. That's why we can't wait to push past it. We downplay gifts that we have been given because we feel like they were given to us either out of pity or, um, you know, we just are not worthy of that gift. So we reject them. I mean, we might open it, but the expression on our face is a rejection. What we don't realize is that when we reject the gift, what we're communicating is a rejection of the giver of that gift as well. But the Christmas season, especially, is a season of gifts given and received. So the question for us today is, will we graciously accept the gift above all gifts. Of course, that gift I'm speaking of is Jesus, because from the beginning, Jesus was always God's plan for our salvation. Jesus was always God's plan for our salvation. Let's read again what Paul has to say to the church at Philippi, starting in chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, in this season we focus on the Jesus of the manger. But in God's mind, the focus should be on the Jesus for whom every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because Jesus is the tangible expression of God's love for us. Jesus is the tangible expression of God's love. And God will be glorified, period. The therefore that we have read in verse 9 means that Jesus 
provided a biblical truth, or he proved a biblical truth that, frankly, many of us do not always deeply believe. And that is, he who humbles himself will be exalted. We see this both implicitly and explicitly throughout the Scriptures, but we have a really hard time believing it because we think if we go too low, we won't get what we deserve. And I'm here to say this morning, I am so glad that we don't get what we deserve, aren't you? God's kingdom is an inside-out kingdom where low is high, down is up, and humility leads to exaltation. We have a hard time trusting God with humility because we struggle to have an eternal view. We don't see the glory of eternity in humility. But Jesus did. He came into this world knowing that this world was not ultimate. He knew that no matter how low he had to go, there was glory on the other side. And he wants us to know that as well. And Christmas is the proof that this world isn't all there is. There is another world coming, and we've seen the first fruits of it in the person of Jesus. Jesus knew that the arrogance of this world is a dead end, and that gospel humility is the path to exaltation. As followers of Jesus, we've been called to that very same kind of obedient humility. What was Jesus thinking? Well, he was thinking we need a Savior. He was thinking God needs to be glorified. He was thinking that the only way to bridge the gap between sinful man and a holy God <coughs> was for him to come into this world, <coughs> to be born, to live, to die, to be buried, and resurrected, and come again. He was thinking that the only way to accomplish that was to give up the glory of heaven and to be born in an animal stall. To live the life of a human being with all that entails, with one exception, Jesus never sinned. He took on our sin. He suffered because of your sin, because of my sin. And for that one and only time in all of history, he was separated from God as he was hanging on that cross. Yes, Jesus gave up the glory of heaven for that dirty animal stall. But he did so to be with us. Because Jesus was thinking, they need someone who gets them. And Jesus does. Jesus was thinking, we need someone who can pay the price for our sins so we can spend eternity in the presence of God. And Jesus was thinking that he loves us enough to do just that. So he was willing to do that, to be the ultimate gift for all of mankind and to give the glory to God. This is the good news that we need to share not only in this holy season of Christmas, 
but every single day of the year. Now in the Gospel of John, we're reading towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. And we read a prayer that he prays in John chapter 17 for his followers. Not just his followers of the first century, but for all of his followers who would ever be born throughout history. In the first five verses of that chapter, we read this. After Jesus looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him the authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. I have brought you glory on this earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. You see that in this verse? Jesus had glory with God before the world began. And he gave it up to be with us. Jesus knew what his mission on this earth was and what it would entail. And that included giving up that glory. And Jesus was thinking that God must be glorified, period. Jesus is the best gift ever, forever. And again, some of you may still be struggling with this notion that Jesus gave this amazing gift of grace and salvation to and for you. Some of you may still be thinking, yeah, well, that's okay for everybody else, but nobody loves me that much. But God does love you that much. God has not forgotten you. And Christmas is the proof that he has eternally remembered you. Last week's Chris Stevenson reminded us that Christmas is when heaven invaded enemy-occupied territory, the earth, because God has not forgotten you. God has placed a special gift in front of you right before you, even today. On Christmas Day 2022, you've got a decision to make, and make no mistake about it. Your eternity hangs in the balance. You have a choice to make today. Will you accept the gift that Jesus offers you, or will you leave it all wrapped up in the beautiful package in which it comes? Will you graciously accept the gift Jesus has wrapped up, or will you reject that gift? Will you allow the hurt of this world, the the way it's thrown it to you, to stop you? Or will you respond in a loving way to the one who loves you most? This gift cost Jesus everything. And he knew the cost. Yet he paid it anyway. You do not deserve it. Yet the giver of every good and perfect gift desires for you to accept this gift. And that's the thing about gifts anyway, isn't it? If we could earn it, if we deserved it, it wouldn't be a gift, it would be a payment. But it's a gift. 
so the only logical response on our part is to accept that gift now and graciously. What was Jesus thinking when he became the most precious gift of grace and salvation? Jesus was thinking of eternity. And he was thinking of you. In Jesus, we see, as C.S. Lewis puts it, the door on which we have been knocking all our lives will open at last. Many of us are knocking on that door even now. We know instinctively that there's got to be something better out there for us. There's got to be a way out of this funk in which we live our lives because of the garbage that life throws our way. And oh, does Jesus ever understand that feeling? Jesus gave up the glory of heaven to be that door that could open for us. He has opened the door wide for all who will receive this free gift of salvation that he offers. You see, Jesus wants to spend eternity with us in the presence of God for the glory of God. And so in all humility, we should graciously accept this gift because it's from the one who loves us most. Unwrap this gift. And it may seem like a Russian nesting doll gift to us at times, but let's unwrap it. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Repent of your sins. That means that you turn away from sin and turn toward God. Confess Jesus as your Lord. He is the boss of me. Be obedient in Christian baptism. Buried with him in the watery grave. Raised up into a newness of life. To live a life that gives glory to God in obedient humility. May we seek to have an eternal view. Knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt. But this is what Jesus was thinking. And let's remember again what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Starting in chapter 2, verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, as we sang just a few moments ago, if you've been forgiven and you've been redeemed, sing the song forever to the Lamb. If you walk in freedom and if you bear his name, sing the song forever to the Lamb. We'll sing the song forever and amen. Does that knock your socks off? Well, it should. And I dare say that all of us gathered here today have plenty of socks. And hey, we live in Florida, so we don't even need socks. Well, except for those freakishly cold weekends where the weather just goes crazy on us, I recommend highly that you wear socks today. But in a general rule, we don't even need socks. But we do need salvation from our sins. And that's what we have in the person of Jesus. He absolutely is the best gift ever, forever. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I promised I would get back to 
that gift on Christmas Day of 2015. First, I need to give you a little bit of background. You see, I'm a James Bond aficionado. I read all of the Ian Fleming novels as I was growing up. I've seen all the movies. I can debate with you who's the best actor who's portrayed Bond in the movies, and I'll win. So don't worry about that. But the James Bond movie Spectre came out in October of 2015. And Daniel Craig, the actor who portrayed Bond in this movie, wore this pair of sunglasses in the movie that I just went, oh, those are cool. I would love to have a pair of those. And I literally was Google searching as we walked out of the theater after the movie, glasses that Daniel Craig wore in the movie Spectre. And I found out that they were Tom Ford designer frames. Tom Ford is, a, is an Italian designer. And I went, wahoo, yeah, I'm not spending that kind of money. I wouldn't spend that kind of money on me. Don't even worry about it. I'd spend it on Peggy, but there is absolutely no way. So I just put that out of my mind because that was way out of my price range. Well, unbeknownst to me, Peggy ordered those glasses for me anyway. And that's what was wrapped up under the tree that day. I had my prescription lenses put into those frames later on, and these are the glasses. I'm wearing them right now. It was the best Christmas gift that I could have ever gotten on that day in 2015. I've received many compliments about these frames over the years, as people notice them. But I got to tell you, when we live as a people who have been saved by grace through faith at our baptism, when we live in all humility and obedience with an eternal view, people will notice that as well. May our lives be a gift pointing others to the best gift ever forever, and that is Jesus. It is our duty to glorify God, and that's the only natural response to his gift of salvation in Jesus. Today and every day, we should live so that others will be drawn to Jesus. What was Jesus thinking? He was thinking of you. He was thinking of your family. He was thinking of your neighbors. He was thinking of your coworkers, of your schoolmates, of the people that you run into in the store, the people you see on the street. He was thinking of everyone, everywhere. And because Jesus is thinking of those people, so should we. Because Jesus was thinking of the eternal glory for God the Father. So Jesus came in humble obedience to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because the greatest glory is found in giving up his glory to save another. And this is the true meaning of Christmas. The true intention of God is to bring his people to their eternal home. May we determine today that we will love people like Jesus does so that we will draw them to that eternal home 
for the glory of God the Father. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much. You have given so much through your Son, Jesus. I pray that on this Christmas Day, 2022, that we would determine to live our lives in a manner that bring you glory always. May we be a people who love like Jesus, who live like Jesus, who draw others to Jesus. And we ask this all in his precious and holy name. Amen.